Stacey. Hello, Mum. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Oh, well, I tell you what. The cicadas know how to make a noise. Cicadas, are they like grasshoppers? They are. They make a noise. One of them got to 99 decibels on the wall. Oh, my word. That's all right. The man next door hosed it off with a gas flame. Do you hose things with fire? I think you have fire hoses, don't you? But they usually have water in them. Not in Spain, they don't. Is it that hot there? Yes, just... Fire, that's it. Kill fire with fire, they say. <laughs> We've been to lots of exciting places. We've had lizards and lots of stuff. Is that mainly your wildest animal? Let's think. Was the lizard the wildest animal? No, I think the wildest animal this week was probably me when they turned <laughs> the aircon off in the car. <laughs> I was pretty wild, I can tell you. What are we talking about this week? Well, I thought I'd talk about them nipples. And I'm going to be talking about belly buttons. So, so I'm doing the sticky out bits. And I'm doing the sticky in bits. I did a little poll on Twitter and Facebook to see if people prefer belly buttons or nipples. Okay. Which do you think won the poll? Belly buttons or nipples? So we've got to choose from girls and boys, yeah? Yeah. Belly buttons. Nipples won. Oh, did they? Nipples got 78% of the votes. No. As a landslide. It is a bit of a landslide. So, do you want to start? Yeah, okay, then let's go. This is belly buttons and nipples. Coming from Reddit, it's Stacey, your host. While mum's with flamingos on the Spanish coast, you'll find two ladies full of guns and some laughs. Making a podcast called Rapture Up. Right then, so what can you tell me about the belly button? Or as it's, what is it called? The umbilicus? It is called the umbilicus or the navel. Oh, I forgot about the navel. How would you describe the perfect belly button? Well, I've got some people here that might be able to help. Okay. So we've got Andrews here and Alison and Hannah. Say hello. Hello. Hi. You don't have to speak them too much. <laughs> How would you describe, Andrew, the perfect belly button? Not sticky out tea. Oh, it's, Andrew says not sticky out. So that's right. What about you? Round and visible. Round and visible. Mmm, okay. No invisible belly buttons for you then? No. Hannah says not hairy. <laughs> Is that on a male or a female? No female hairy navels. Well, there's been some research done. Do you know, I knew somewhere... <laughs> Someone in some part of the world would do research on belly buttons. And the perfect belly button. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for the science bit? I'm ready for the science. Basically, it has to be small. It has to be sticky inny. It has to be longer than it is wide. And it has to have a little bit of a hood at the top. 
And it has a hood at the top. Yeah. So it's like a cagoule. <laughs> yes. And that's the perfect belly button, apparently. But they're basing this on Playboy Bunny's belly buttons. You mean rabbits? No, on the ladies that... Oh, a, a Playboy bunny is a completely different thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, they weren't testing perfect human belly buttons against rabbits. I only ask because they test everything on rabbits. That's what I thought. Do you want to tell me a nipple fact? Did you know that your earlobes are the same distance apart as your nipples? Are they? And I know everybody's looking down now to work that one out. <laughs> I just measured, and you're right. Mine? That only happens if I rest them on the table, I'm sorry to say. (laughs) But I'm sure at some point my ears are going to grow, and that'll be fine. Do your ears grow out in, in proportion to the nipples? Right, well, you know some people have got extra nipples. Yes. You know that bloke, Harry Styles? From One Direction? Oh, he's he's got four nipples. Has he? Yeah, so he's happy with that. You can get extra nipples anywhere between your armpit and your groin, basically, can't you? It's called the line of... What's it called? It's a milk line. It's like if you look at your cat or your dog's nipples you'll see that the nipples go all the way down in two lines and that's basically where humans can have them Ooh, see i didn't know that but uh most people get extra nipples in their armpits then are they working nipples Do, can they like lactate not if they're a bloke no well only that blokes are three times more likely to have extra nipples than women okay somebody did have seven. Oh my word and somebody even had one on the soles of their feet, but I reckon that was probably a Veruca. <laughs> I don't think it's anatomically possible to have a nipple on your toe. I didn't think so either. But I wanted to know why men have nipples. Do you know the answer? I know why we've they've got nipples is because... They had nipples before they had testicles. You mean as an embryo, as a fetus? Yeah. Yes. We all start off the same as little blobs with nipples and then you either become a boy or a girl and it doesn't really matter. So I think because they don't actually do any harm in blokes, Yeah. genetics only ever really takes out bits that start to hurt you. Yeah, evolution-wise, it doesn't really matter. They used to say if you got three nipples, you were a witch. There's actually records of at least nine people being hung or burnt for having three nipples. Who's finding these things out? Well, Google. No, I didn't mean... You can't... I didn't mean... I mean, back then, it has to be then husbands, wives saying, that nipple, don't like it. Oh, I see what you mean. But then you'd think they would notice as a baby that there's a third nipple. If they were really that concerned, they wouldn't have let them get to adulthood to become witches. Okay, so what you reckon? They just get that nipple off? I don't know whether it's nature or nurture, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they saw the baby with a third nipple, they'd be like, right, we've got to make sure this baby doesn't become a witch. Right. And then bring them up not to be a witch. Oh, you know, that just sounds like a Grimm's fairy tale, doesn't it? Because you know what's going to happen. They're going to leave them in the woods and... And then they go to witch school, like, like they end up in Hogwarts. The next stop will be Rough Giraffe. 
Guess how many species of bacteria there are in the human belly button. 29. Just a few more than that. 2,400. How's there room for all that in one belly button? I don't know. The scientists tested 60 people. Right. And in those 60 people, they found 2,400 different types of bacteria. And they found some types of bacteria that they've not seen before or that they've not seen sort of outside of their usual habitat as it were so one person had a bacteria that they'd only ever found in soil in japan and this person had never been to japan right and another one the bacteria they found had only been found in ice caps is that like ice pops (laughs) that's like icebergs oh icebergs yeah yeah so it only ever been found in ice And it was inside this person's belly button. But this means that the scientists can now do more research and experiment on these different bacterias because they're slightly easier to get to if they're in people's belly buttons. You know all this bacteria that's in the belly button? Yeah. You can make cheese out of it. Oh, no! You're not going (laughs) to... What, cheese that you eat? Yeah. No. Yeah, you can have belly button cheese. Belly button cheese. It's not right. (laughs) Do they sell that in Tesco? Not quite yet, but there are some scientists basically have taken the different bacterias from the belly button and they've turned it into cheese. Okay. And they've also taken bacteria from people's feet and turned that into cheese. Well, I think... Feet cheese, yeah, because it does smell a bit cheesy. So, can I just ask, is that a sort of cream cheese that you spread on a, maybe on a cracker? Or is that um, a hard cheese that you'd have with a bit of pickle? I'm looking at the picture and this one from the belly button looks a bit like brie. Oh, brie, yeah, that'd be a good cheese to have from your belly button. The toe cheese looks a bit like feta. Or feta. (laughs) Feta. (laughs) (sighs) But they've also taken it from sweaty armpits. And what does armpit cheese look like? It looks like a a fruit pastel that's been stuck under the sofa for about three years. It's like this little round mouldy pellet. You're really encouraging us to buy this. Would you rather eat cheese from the belly button, from an armpit or from your toes? Do you know what? Now you've put me on the spot, I don't know. I think I would have to eat toe cheese first. <laughs> cheese on cheese on toes. Cheese, cheese on... I was going to do that. You've spoiled it for me now. Cheese on toast, I was going for. Uh, next, it would have to be a belly button. Yeah. And I'd have to be really hungry to eat armpit cheese. <laughs> just, just saying it is disgusting. I know, I know. Especially if it looks like a fruit pastel. Yeah. I've seen under my sofa after three years. It's not funny. All right, I'm going to tell you about the great Nippolini. Go for it. Well, I'm going to tell you about one of the great Nippolinis because it appears there are several great Nippolinis if you Google it. I'm just Googling the great Nippolini. I've gone to greatnippolini.com and it's showing me how to make a cat tree for big cats. Who is the great Nippolini? He's the man with the world's strongest nipples. Oh, really? His name is actually Sage Werbock. 
Wow. He actually makes a living by demonstrating his mighty power of his nipples. By the power of nipples. So each of his nipples can lift over 70 pounds. Okay. And he holds he holds a Guinness record for the heaviest vehicle pulled by a nipple. Ouch. I know. He pulled a vehicle weighing 2,179 pounds. Gosh. By his nipples for 20 metres. And how does he pull it? Like, does, he ha- does he have piercings? Yes. And with like a hoop on and then he has a hook attached to it. Ah, that's so gross. I just imagine like... He also swings bowling balls, picks up anvils, dumbbells, that sort of stuff. How do you get into the strong nipple game? I don't know how many people might be in the strong nipple department. There was a footballer called Adam Chapman. Yeah. Who burnt his nipples on baby milk. So, what? apparently, well, apparently being a good dad, he was shaking the bottle up and down and the lid wasn't on correctly. Yeah. It went on him, but it was burning hot, apparently. Ah. And he burnt his nipples off? And he burnt his nipples. He had to go to hospital, so it checked out. So, nipple burning. But I've been told that there is some sort of nipple burning activity that goes on deliberately. Really? It's called the Flaming Sambuca Nipple. Oh, that sounds dangerous. I, I, I could explain it to you, but basically, you set fire to Sambuca in a glass. Right. Put it on your nipples. <gasps> oh, my word. I know, and even looking at it on YouTube, I was like, it's not funny. No, it sounds horrible, because you're only going to do that when you're drunk. So, it's so dangerous. Sambuca's not that expensive in Aldi. Oh, you're not going to try it, are you? Well, just only for the purposes of the podcast. (laughs) Oh, the things you do for this podcast. I know, you see, I put myself out there. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You got something to say? Then say it here. Email us at Podcast gmail.com twitter at rough giraffe pod instagram at rough giraffe podcast search us on facebook for rough giraffe subscribe and review us on itunes and podbean thanks i got a little fact it's very small but it connects both belly buttons and nipples in a way (gasps) okay go on then did you know you can do boob jobs through the belly button no yeah. So, Hang on a minute, let me have a think. What do you do, because I'm lying back now, <laughs> imagining, are you going to do my boob job through that? <laughs> the procedure is called tuba. Tuba? Yeah, like the instrument. Uh, it means trans-umbilical breast augmentation, and it's basically keyhole surgery through the belly button they get little like plastic pouches that are empty and they get pushed up into place sort of so they go in your belly button hang on a minute are you telling me that through your belly button yeah you actually have breast implants put in yeah so they put them in empty and then when they're in place 
they'll fill them up with saline. And it means you can go get your boobs done. You get no scars on the breasts at all. And the whole procedure takes like 45 minutes maximum. So you could do it in your lunchtime. Oh, you can do it in your lunchtime. I'm just thinking of somebody putting a very large needle through your belly button and threading it up to your boobs. Oh, I mean, like you need a couple of paracetamol afterwards, but you could theoretically go back to work. I'll tell you something now, right? I've looked at mine. I'm going to need more than two paracetamol to get that done. <laughs> no, that's not right. Yeah, they just go in, thread it up under your, push it up under your skin, and there you go, new boobs. No. Did you know that nipples are unique as fingerprints? Are they? Are they going to be using them to solve crimes? They, well, I no, I thought they could use them so that you could get your money out. I don't know about you. I'm not quite tall enough yet to get up to that Irish recognition <laughs> thing. I have to stand on my tippy toes. So I thought for the shorter person... Nipple recognition. You could have nipple recognition, like at only four feet. Can you imagine at the checkout trying to get your boob up onto the chip and pin machine? <laughs> Just like, oh. Tesco's would never have it, would they? Waitrose might be a bit more enlightened. A bit more forward thinking. I think so. Because these little old ladies, they, they're only four foot ten. They can't reach the... Uh, do you think for your eyes, can they? No. So nipples are the way forward. If they're like your fingerprints, I don't see why you can't use them. No, I can't see why not either. But they're so unique that your left one is never the same as your right one. So they're not just unique as a pair. Each one is also different. Yes. And is it just the appearance of it is different or is it like with fingerprints, it's like there's some special swirly patterns? It's got different bumps and they're different colours. You know this very classic t-shirt that people wear that says FBI and then like underneath it says female boob inspector. Have you ever seen that t-shirt? I have seen that t-shirt. That might actually be true now then. If If the FBI employ people to find criminals with specific boob prints then they might actually need female boob inspectors. They could do, but I'm just wondering what sort of crime you might commit that would leave a boob print behind. (laughs) They're going to spray the wall with that stuff that shows up blood and he'll go, Neville, look, get the FBI out, the female (laughs) boob inspector, right? Get him out, I I think we've got one. And there's some guy who's just like, finally, it's Nigel's time to shine. It is, and he's got a little book full of identikit tit pictures. Yes. He's there skimming through it, going, it could be Alice and the Avenger. No, it could be. Oh, let's have a look. I think it's Margaret. Does that look like Margaret to you? (laughs) Hang on. I think you'll find that looks very much like Colin. No, I only do female boobs. You need you need the MBI. <laughs> That's like the men in black. Oh, it is. The male inspector of boobs. Yes, this is a conspiracy. I think we might get shut down if we're not careful. We need to stop talking about this sort of thing. Hello, Mum. Hello, Stacy. This is Chris from More Gooder Than. Now, did you know that in 1951, 
the National Association of Broadcasters established regulations prohibiting the display of a woman's navel. Believe it or not, the code stood in place until 1983. However, the first woman to show her belly button on American TV was Yvette Mimieu in Dr. Kildare in 1964. She played a surfer who met her demise on a surfboard. Do you get a lot of belly button fluff? I get no belly button fluff. I've already had a good look. Oh, there was some cheese there. I didn't realise you could eat it. <laughs> there is a man who has the Guinness World Record for collecting belly button fluff. And how much belly button fluff has he got? Well, when you say it out loud, it's not particularly impressive because it's so light. This is the amount of fluff that he's got in one scoop. No, this is he's been collecting it for 26 years and he has 22 grams of belly button fluff so it's not impressive 22 grams is hardly anything 22 grams is one slice of ham isn't it so he's got a slice of ham's worth over 26 years but basically what he does he collects it every single day okay so he says before he gets in the shower while the shower's warming up he plucks out the fluff and puts it into his special belly button fluff pot in the bathroom right and then he just collects it all up into jars and labels them with the date and it's interesting because they're all different colors because it depends on what he's wearing so like i can i can see the pictures and different years have different colors he obviously had a particularly favorite top each year and he says he could stop any time but he doesn't see the point so okay. uh, he says he's not weird and he's not obsessive. Uh, he says collecting is not a big part of my life, so I don't really talk about it. But I will only stop collecting belly button fluff when I'm no longer physically capable. It costs it costs nothing, takes no time, and there's no real reason to stop. So I have a bit of a sort of confession. Yeah. Uh, my granddad. Yeah. He used to collect his own earwax. Oh, oh no. And he had, you know, uh, a half-size honey jar. That's... Yeah. You know, that sort of size. He had that nearly half full of earwax. <coughs> they, he's saying that. There was definitely striations in that for different years, you could see. But why? I Well, I'm guessing he thought there was no reason to stop. <laughs> It didn't cost anything. It was, of course, took very little effort. Hi. He, he was a man that loved to find things out. He would have loved the internet. Okay. He 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 would have definitely been a product of the World Wide Web. He would have sat day and night looking up things. <laughs> uh, I I think that he probably wanted to know what happened to your earwax. Maybe he thought it would be of some scientific value afterwards. How long did he save it up for? More than 20 years, I know that. Oh, my word. I bet he'd probably have a world record. Yeah, but you don't think about that. You just think it's a bit odd, don't you? Yeah. But I know I know. after he died, my mum just went around and almost the first thing she did was throw it in the bin. <laughs> it could have made it into a candle. Oh, that, I don't know. It still looked like earwax. But even after 20 years of doing it, he hadn't got 
much more than halfway up that little jar. So if we find out now that there is a there is a world record for earwax and my granddad could have got it, I'll be disappointed now. Let's not look it up then. Okay. <laughs> and nobody else look it up either. Hey there, who's that? What's the name of the wonky cat? He looks like than any cat around. So, what does Kipper know about nipples and belly buttons? Oh, I think we should probably get him in. Oh, just so you know, Mum, uh, it's Kipper's birthday today. He's 13 today. All right, then, get him in. Kipper, come on in. Hello, Kipper. Hello, Kipper. Feliz cumpleaños. I think that's Spanish, Kipper. Hey, Spanish for happy birthday. What's it feel like being a teenager, Kipper? Oh, my goodness, yeah. Well, he's 13 in human years, but in cat years, I think he's about 60. Yeah, that's not old, no. Nah. No, that's the new 40. Yeah, I know. I still feel like I'm 60, to be fair. <laughs> it's not the new 40. It's the old 72. <laughs> Kipper, show us your belly button. <laughs> now, has Kipper got a belly button? He does. It's it's just like a little like a little bump on his belly. Belle the lovely dog's got a belly button, but she's got a very, very long line of nipples. And you know I love her nipples. So Kipper, what can you tell us? You know Kipper's really funny about his nipples and his bits, but I tell you, the other day he rolled over and he's got such a saggy belly that his nipple was on his thigh. <laughs> oh, Kip, I know how that feels. <laughs> We've got a question for Kipper. Okay. It's not about nipples or belly buttons. All right. But it is about cat paws. Okay. So this is from the EastEnders Weekly podcast. Mm-hmm. And they say, Are cat's paws smell of warm popcorn? Oh, right. Should should we be worried he's been using our microwave to make himself snacks without our permission? Kipper, why is he smell of popcorn? <coughs> Kipper said he's a dirty boy and he needs to wash more often. But is it something to do with... Salt? I don't know. Don't cats sweat through their paws? Yes, they do, because you see, if they, they're hot and they walk on the tiles, then they f- they leave little footprints. They do. So, do they have, like, sweaty feet? Th- that might be what it is. If your cat was an indoor cat mm. and didn't go out at all to clean their paws like, or if they had very furry bits in between their paws. <laughs> yeah. They might be have little sweaty feet. That would smell a bit like popcorn, maybe. I'm thinking you'd smell the salt. Unless they have been down the cinema. That, that's the only other option. Either they got stinky, sweaty paws... Yeah. ...or they've been down the cinema. 
So can you get uh, any sort of uh, spray for them? Do you think it's bad for the cat's paws to smell of popcorn? No, but I think it might be bad if it's continually getting sniffed at by people who like the smell of popcorn. Get a little foot deodorant for the cat. Yeah, just to stop people sniffing its feet. (laughs) He needs to wear some socks. Oh, I love cats in socks. Thank you, Kipper. I'll let you get on. Thank you, Kips. And we'll speak to you next time. Back to the greenhouses with Free's birthday cake. Guess what, Mum? I got exciting news. Okay. I found a hedgehog. (gasps) That is exciting. I haven't seen a hedgehog for ten years. I was coming back from work on Friday. Yes. And there was a little, little tiny hedgehog on the path. And he was like right in the middle of the path and he was all wobbly. And I thought, oh, it's daylight. And there was like some dogs running around. And I thought, oh, no, he shouldn't be out. So scooped him up and took him home. We got him in a box, gave him some water and he started getting stronger. Gave him some cat food. Right. And he was doing really well. And then yesterday we made him... A house in the garden. Right. And he's living in the garden now. How old is he? And have you named him? His name is Little Fella. Little Fella, right. Yeah, so he's hello, Little Fella. And Owen says he's eight months, but I don't think Owen knows how old hedgehogs are. He might have been born in March or April. Mm. But that's good. If If he's still all right, that's good. Hey, pretty lady, come find us on Facebook. So, have you got any interesting news before we go? I can tell you an unrelated news story about some idiots. Right, I always like stories about idiots. This is from the Independent newspaper, so it must be true. And it's the headline is, Man cements head inside microwave. How does somebody cement their head inside a microwave? Has he, has he died? No, he's lucky though. So he's described as a YouTube prankster. Okay. And his name is Jay Swingler and he's 22 years old and he basically filled a microwave with seven bags of polyfiller. Okay. Put his head inside and what he was trying to do was make a mould of his head. Okay. But the polyfiller hardened much quicker than he expected it to and his head got stuck. This is really dangerous. Luckily, his friends put a little plastic tube in so he could breathe out of it before he got any problems. But firefighters had to come and basically smash his head out of a microwave. Did he manage to make the mould? <laughs> I, I think that the firefighters might have ruined his mould by smashing it up. Probably not the only thing they've ruined. Well... Don't try that at home. It's not going to work. Don't try that at home. It's, re- it's really stupid. Stupid. We've already had an idiot try it and it doesn't work. No, it's really stupid. You know, people are chastising this guy because he's wasting the paramedics and the firefighters' time. And he is, but he's lucky that they were there to get him out of there. I, I would just like to add one final thing about nipples. Oh, go on then. I, I just want to add some advice to people. So, last year I got really bad joggers nipple. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. From what? Going up and down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So, people gave me loads of advice like 
put Vaseline on and all the rest of it. Yeah. But I've found, if anybody else in the same predicament, found moving to a bungalow was a much easier option. <laughs> so that cured that problem in just a few days. That's great advice. And on that note... We'll say goodbye. So I'll speak to you soon. All right, then. Thank you very much. Thank you, Stacey. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye. It's the end of the podcast. It is very sad. But tune in again and it won't be so bad. With Mum in the bungalow and Stacey at home. Send us your stories on your smartphone. And then everybody won't feel so alone. The Rough Giraffe Podcast The Rough Giraffe Podcast This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.